This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Henderson, two on one with Besser. Henderson to Besser. He scores. Hunt to the line for Besser off the bench. Shoots it. Tip. They score. Jason Dickinson. He scores against his former team on the deflection for the left circle. Around Pavelski into the Dallas zone. Left wing. Pod Colson shoots. He scores. Vasily Pod Colson has four goals in the last three games, and it's five. Canucks. With the instant reaction from the players and coaches. Besser on the right wing throws it back to the goal. Missed the net. Now Pedersen shoots. He scores. On the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks win 6 3, doubling up the Dallas Stars on home ice. 6 2 over the Dallas Stars as they win their sixth straight game. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650, or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. A massive victory for the Vancouver Canucks. A big performance from a number of players, including Elias Patterson, Jason Dickinson, Connor Garland, Vasily Putkolzin, Neil uh, Matthew Highmore. I mean, go through the list of players who showed up tonight. A number of them had big performances for the Canucks. It is Satyar Shaw with Pick Nazar, and let's bring in Corey Hirsch into the discussion. And Hershey, all of a sudden, the Canucks control their own destiny in the playoff race. If they win out and win more regulation games in LA, which they can do, they are guaranteed a playoff spot. That doesn't mean they will win out. It doesn't mean it will happen. But for the first time in a long time, the Vancouver Canucks control their own destiny. Well, and well earned. 6 0 1. Like, who thought of this? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the record with Bruce Brudrow right now off the top of my head, but are you kidding me right now? With, you know, the way this season started? Like, this is unbelievable. And the three days rest, obviously, Dallas on the road coming in, is, it benefited the Canucks big time. You saw that. But the great thing is, Ottawa's played three and four. And they're going to come in. They only had 14 shots tonight. So they'll be a little bit ornery tomorrow. But fatigue-wise, you should be able to take it to them if they play this hard uh, again. So, you know, and the good thing is the Canucks will play three and four. But the third and four nights in Minnesota is after a day of rest. Yeah. It's always harder on the back end if it's game, day off, back-to-back games, right? right? If you go back-to-back, day off game you have that day of rest that you can with a three and four so man this is this is fun that was a fun game to watch so with this win you ask the question what's the record under boudreaux this will take him to 30 13 and 8 which uh my math is correct puts them in for seventh best in the league or eighth best in the league wow that's impressive it's got to well since january they have to have you know, where is it right off the top? Uh, they have to have one of the best records. Since January, it's a bit lower. Uh, but this is some from when. Compared to the rest of the league, though. Uh, still a bit lower. It's somewhere around 15th. So they're, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's so impressive. It, it really is. And the fact that they're in a spot now where they legitimately have a chance. It's still because of the amount of games played and the schedule and all that sort of stuff. It's still a hard road here. It's not likely that they get in. But the fact that they put themselves in a position where they have a legitimate chance, that's all you can ask for. This is game 76 of the season, and it could go down to game 80, 81, or 82. And considering how bad their start to the year was, and after that, 
poor seven-game homestand, which we kind of thought really crushed her season, and it did throw them behind the eight ball in a massive, massive way. It really seemed like it was unlikely that they were going to be able to make it interesting, not only to give themselves a, a decent chance, but the fact that they might be in this until the final game of the season. I, I love it. And you're going to play Calgary, who's already in the playoffs, right? You're going to play some teams that are, yep. you know, well, you might catch them on a night where they're just like, nah, we're already in the playoffs. We're going to rest some guys. You don't know what that last game against Edmonton is going to be like. Does, does Connor McDavid even play? Right? So you've got mm-hmm. some opportunities. Yeah. It's the, it's the Minnesota-LA game, right? Those are the two that are the big games. And don't discount Seattle and Ottawa, but you should get those points. You really should. You can't take anyone lightly. But those are going to be the two big ones. Um, and then you'll get a shot at Calgary and, and Edmonton, and, and hopefully it ends up that. But um, penalty kill. Right? Like, if the penalty kill at the start of the year, when you look at power play penalty kill, mm-hmm. yeah. the penalty kill absolutely ruined them from the start of the year. And when you look at Coach Bradshaw taking over the penalty kill and walks coming in and all that, I mean, look at it. You watched, I watched Luke Shen. I watched Tyler Myers out there They're fighting for every inch yeah. and just battling guys. Like, like Luke Shen, I might get a Luke Shen jersey. And I've known him for about 15 <laughs> years. He's a friend of mine. I, I mean, is there a Canuck player and... and Bick and I spoke about this a little bit during the second intermission, but, I mean, look at the value that he brings. Not only as a teammate, leadership, toughness, but being able to play top four minutes alongside Quinn Hughes, and he's making 850 k and he has one more year left on his contract. I mean, it's it's pretty invaluable yeah, in so really, many ways. It really is, and there's a few, there's a lot of guys like that that, you, that are serviceable. Uh, they missed Chase on tonight and didn't seem to miss a beat without that, but that was something that was like, whoa. He had seven. He had ten points in his last seven games yeah. prior to tonight. And, Chase on did, and I, we all we were all preparing for him to play. We really were, um, and you know, lo and behold, Patan steps in, and other guys step up. But the emergence of Pod Colson, mm-hmm. how good has that been, Vic? That's been the big one, right? It's just a, a found top six body, and not even like Chase on. It's like, oh, he's producing. We're talking about really credible minutes, and not just the goal or the assist, but there are moments around the ice where he's playing effective top six hockey that you start projecting what next year even looks like. I know people are excited about the here and now, but mm. you start roster building and, and looking at all this, man, that would be it, – it's a risk to say, hey, just blump this guy in the top six, but that would be really exciting if that's a problem solved well, it's for the such, Canucks. It's such a big development if Vasily Putkolzin takes that step next year. I mean, just the step he's taken towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. he looks like a different hockey player. And these are things and traits that he exhibited throughout the season but didn't put together. And Hershey, you've been around. You've seen players come, and it takes a couple years to figure it out. But what does it say about his game and his progression for – the step he's taken within the season. Sometimes it takes a year for a guy to do something. The fact yeah. that later in the year when you're supposed to be fatigued and hitting that rookie wall, he's playing his best hockey and he's playing with confidence. That tells me very good coaching. Guys that have spent time with him, mm-hmm. guys that have been with him, have talked to him, and, you know, Gustafson and, and uh, Kinger and Shawzi and Walks and Boudreaux, these guys don't just sit there and watch video and then open the door. Like, you watch them talk to guys every day and watch them work with guys. And Ian Clark, the same. I can't disclude him. Like, it's coaching. When you get a guy like Pod Colson and you get a guy from start to finish like that and you see that, and you know how satisfying that is as a coach or how mm-hmm. rewarding, not satisfying, there's a, but how rewarding it is that, you know, you've been able to help a kid. 
And we, you know, sometimes we expect rookies, a lot of times Pedersen, they came in, Besser, they make a difference right away. Some guys got it. They, they got to find their way. Um, at the start of the year, I'd even said, you know, maybe Pod Colson needs a little bit of time in the minors. And maybe he did at the start of the year, but good on the organization to stick with him. Uh, and now we're seeing, you know, a player that uh, is very effective, Bick, in the National Hockey League. And give him credit, right? It's one thing to get coached, and you have to be amenable to that level of critique. And he... I, I'm trying to remember, like, the last player I recall seeing take a scratch in stride so well. And he's come back a completely different player since being healthy scratch. And, hey, that, that, that to me shows a lot of mental maturity to take a tough moment in your season, especially as a young player. How do I spin this into a positive? And, you know, we heard, heard so much about his leadership ability yeah. at the junior level um, when he was on his way up and obviously captain Russia and just such a smart, intelligent player that's willing to take criticism, willing to take advice, willing to take the right type of coaching from some very qualified coaches and applying it, and you see the immediate growth. And I imagine for him, wow, what an opportunity to go into the summer, start working, and really start to believe in what the organization is preaching. Uh, and that's just awesome. Now, who is the Russian kid we had in here that uh, where everybody was trying to? Goldobin. Goldobin, yeah. yeah. Sorry, my, my memory, <laughs> like I said, I've been hitting the head with a lot of pucks and a lot of knees. Um you know, and you just think if that kid could have taken the coaching and if he could have taken the um, – just think where he would be today. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference. There's an uncoachable player. This is a coachable player. And it's just – it's so cool to see. And you see Pod Coles, and he wants to be yeah. an NHLer. And the thickness and the body type that he has, yeah. that's He's only what I'm stronger about. too, yeah. yeah. He had a play on the offensive boards where it was literally just like one arm on the guy. Yeah. And he just pinned him. Like that guy wasn't moving in. I can't remember who it was. That guy wasn't moving at all, and he, he had the puck, but he couldn't do anything with it because put Coles in just like, no. And when you, <laughs> You're when, not going yeah. into it to my help see, gets here. When you see Stanley Cup teams, there's big, heavy guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, you look at even Tampa, like the Maroon line and, and those guys, there's some big, heavy guys. And then you have Hedman and the other guys that are – but you need to be a playoff team, and you need to have big, heavy wingers like St. Louis. Look yeah. how big they're. You, you look, go back to Chicago. You, Jonathan Taze is no small slouch or pushover, right? I mean, you have to have guys that can endure a playoff run and can, you know, so that your your smaller guys can play too. If you're too small, you're not going to endure a playoff run. So we need a few more Pod Colsons, and, and uh, they're easy to find anyways, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, so easy to find. And, yeah. and you know, we, we'll talk about Pedersen coming up here, three-point performance down the middle again tonight. I mean, strong game for him. But Jason Dickinson. Talk about a guy who came over via trade. The Canucks gave up a third-round pick to acquire him, gave him a three-year contract, and ever since the coming over, it's been an injury. He's underachieved, hasn't found uh, chemistry with anybody. He called his season a garbage season in a, co- a conversation he had uh, with Ian McIntyre that you can read on sportsnet.ca. Three points for him tonight. And yeah. he had that great goal some games back when he came back and had the deke, and he's playing a bit better here later in the season. How important was it for him, and what can he contribute here down the stretch? Yeah, well, I mean, it's opportunity, right? Opportunity to get better, opportunity to help a team, opportunity to get that experience um, where you're, you know, where you're becoming the guy, or you're becoming an opportunity to play with other guys, and um, it's just the way these players are developing down the stretch is really cool to see. But again, I go back to, and and you know what, I. Travis Green was a good coach. These guys were good coaches, but eventually voices get tired, and that's what happens. You need a change. You see what's happening in Vegas right now? It looks to me like guys are getting tired of a voice, and 
Um, and that's no disrespect to those coaches, but eventually, like Bruce said, remember when they Bruce there it is. He's like, well, wait till they say Bruce there he goes. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's going to happen, right? But for now, you've seen a really big change and a boost in guys' play, and they're getting opportunity down the stretch. I don't know how long they can sustain this. That's my only concern because, right? It's you know with Bo Horvat out and, and these other guys, um, you know, it's it's tough, but. Man, oh, they've won six in a row. Yeah, you just and they just work, right? And and hard work will be talent when talent doesn't work hard, and we saw that tonight. They've made up eight points on the LA Kings during the six game winning streak. They made up eight points on the Kings in six games. Something that doesn't happen that easily. I mean, sometimes we talk about making up eight points, and it'll take a couple months to do so. Yeah, they've done so in less than two weeks. Yeah, and they have an LA schedule down the stretch, though they've yeah. got. No play. I don't think they're playing a playoff team. I think they got two against Anaheim, one yeah. against San Jose, and one against Seattle before they play yeah. Vancouver. So that's probably, you know, and that's – but Canucks keep winning, then it doesn't matter. But I, right now I'm looking, I think Nashville might be a team to catch. Well, I mean, the way Vancouver's going, they control their own destiny. Hershey, we appreciate yep. all your time here tonight. Let's go outside the Canucks locker room where we're joined by Brock Besser, who made his return to the lineup this evening and helped the Canucks out by getting a goal and two helpers on the evening. Now, first of all, congrats on the win, Brock. And how do you feel? I know. I know you you had a bit of an injury after Pedersen uh, took that hit on you against Vegas. Uh, health-wise, how did you feel tonight? Um, yeah, I felt pretty good. Um, I didn't really think about it too much. And, um, you know, that's all you can ask for out there. I think adrenaline is always a, a key role when you come back from an injury. So, um, But overall, it was a good, good night, and um, that was a huge win for us. So uh, we got to build off that and keep going. Uh, Last-minute switch uh, on your guys' lines. You get Jason Dickinson. Uh, he gets a three-point night. How happy are you guys for to see a, a teammate uh, bounce back in a big way tonight? Oh, it's awesome, uh, especially against his old team. Um, you know, obviously he, he feels he could have a better year, and um, for him to um, play like that tonight, it's it's awesome. And I feel that, you know, me and Dickie have had some chemistry um, when we played together in the past, and obviously P's good enough to just, you know, make plays and, and see uh, see where we are on the ice. So um, overall, it was a good night, and we got to build uh, into that for tomorrow. It also kind of seemed like tonight you guys made a number of really good, smart, short passes that to hit guys in speed, and it seemed like there was a lot of cohesiveness in how you guys played tonight. Is that kind of late-season chemistry coming together, or was it just one of those nights where things were really flowing? Yeah, I think it's um, – I mean, I think if you look at all the games lately, I think that's kind of how we're playing, and um, we need to play like that each and every night uh, in order to have success. And, um, you know, when, when we do play like that and, and we make those small, short passes and, you know, get pucks deep and don't turn pucks over, I think we're a really hard team to beat, so um, – you know, as long as we're doing those things, uh, I think it's going to be good for us uh, moving forward here. What's the big catalyst for uh, the belief in the team uh, of, of how, can this get accomplished? What is it in the room or what is it uh, in your guys' discussion that makes you guys believe so much right now? Well, I think we're just confident. Um, I, I've talked about it a lot um, within the media and, you know, to look at where we were and to to where we are now it's it's pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, you can feel that belief in the locker room and eat with each and every guy and, and, um, you know, it's, it's a good feeling, and it's something that we haven't had in, uh, you know, in a while, maybe in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, for us to, to keep playing like we have to play right now, it, it's awesome, and we got to keep it going. Uh, have you managed to scoreboard watch here, and did you see the Vegas score? I haven't, no. Do you want us to spoil it yeah, for well, you? Yeah, I think they, they were losing last time I heard. Yeah, uh, the, the Devils won in regulation. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now you guys legitimately control your own destiny. Win out in regulation, you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, but what does that say about the turnaround where you guys go from you're looking at the standings, and it's not done yet, but where now you look at it and say, yeah, if we just 
do our thing, we're going to get in. Yeah, um, you know, I think that's kind of been our belief this whole time. On, I know I haven't played in the, the last five games before tonight, but um, you know, just being around the guys, I think that's kind of that, that was the belief. Um, we knew that we we had a lot of ground to make up uh, with uh, some tough losses, you know, a while back. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's been great. It's been great to see, and um, guys are stepping up in, in big ways. So. Um, like I said, it's 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 good, but um, we got to keep it going. Uh, tomorrow's a big game. Yeah, no question about that, Brock. We always appreciate your time. Best of luck tomorrow against the Sens. Thanks, guys. All right, that is Canucks forward Brock Besser, a three point night, a goal and two assists, helping the Canucks win six two. And uh, his reaction when Big told them the Vegas Golden Knights lost in, re- in in regulation. Wow. We might have to start doing that for every uh, post game. <laughs> well, hey, now have you seen the LA score, guys? Have you seen the Nashville score? Have you, have you seen the scores? And uh, you know, we're, we're gonna get to your text messages. Six fifty, six fifty, Dunbar Lumber. You can grab a phone line as well. Six zero four two eight zero zero six fifty. or toll free one triple eight two seven five zero six fifty. We are awaiting head coach Bruce Boudreaux, who will be at the podium momentarily to give his thoughts after a six two Canucks victory tonight. What a performance from this team! Their sixth straight victory, and. You know, like we've been mentioning, nothing's guaranteed, and it doesn't mean you're going to get in now. But the fact that Canucks have got to a spot where if they win tomorrow, they're going to be even with games played against Vegas, but have a point more than they do. So they're going to have a better winning percentage than Vegas if the Canucks win tomorrow against the Ottawa Well, they technically already have it right now. Based on points percentage. Percentage, yes, 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 point percentage. But actual points, yes. They win, they're going to have a slightly better one, uh, an extra point over them in the same amount of games played. So they'll catch Vegas in the standings if they win tomorrow. And here is head coach Bruce Boudreaux. What do you like particularly about this one tonight? Well, I mean, I I thought we did a lot of really good things. You know, I mean, uh, uh, obviously uh, they scored a shorthanded goal and a power play goal, but five on five, I thought we were really good. I thought our energy with all four lines was was really good. Um, I thought we did a lot of the, played the right way a lot of the a lot of the game, and uh, I think we took them out of it. I mean, it's uh, they looked pretty frustrated to me, which is the way we have to play. I mean, uh, we've got to do the right things and work the right way, and and we kick in a few goals, and that's how you have success. Jason Dickinson really struggled to help the, uh, the penalty kill and was beating himself up a lot about it. And then came the injuries. Uh, what about his game tonight? I know he was playing his former team, but that touch pass to Petey to, to spring the two-on-one and a uh, deflection goal, uh, he looked like a different guy. He looked like a different guy. I mean, you know, it, it, you can have a, a bad year and then you can correct that bad year in a couple good weeks in playoffs. And uh, I think that's what he's, he's smart enough to say, okay, I'll put that behind me. What didn't go right this year? Let's just worry about what's in front of me. And if I can do good, that's what's in front of me. Whatever happens during the course of the, uh, the summer, he'll leave with a taste uh, in his mouth that's positive. Well, he just, in the warm-up, got sick. And uh, uh, talked to him, and he said he just didn't have any, any, anything in it. He was, you know, being sick, and... Uh, there was nothing in his body. He had no energy. So I said, okay, we have an extra guy. Let's, uh, uh, let's just play him. I mean, the, the next man up mentality is now going to the, the warm-up skate where suddenly <laughs> Jason, who's been on a heater, is gone. Yeah. Just, you know, but it, it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate when, you're, um, when players are going very well, and, then, and especially ones that hadn't played a lot, and then they get sick. They, they hate 
taken themselves out of the lineup because, I mean, they don't get opportunities to shine too often. And uh, uh, Chase has been shining for us for a while now. And and But, I mean, I thought Patan came in and that fourth line did hemmed them in almost every shift they were on the ice and did a great job. So uh, that's uh, it's really good. And you can tell, you know, that whatever they're doing down in Abbotsford, they're doing the right thing. I mean, they may not have a lot of great name players or that are famous, but uh, they're winning, and they're winning because they've got good players that work really hard and take direction really well. We would ask Garland when he was struggling to score, about struggling to score, he said, listen, I, I'm just going to do whatever I can to help the team win. And, of course, you know what it's like when you get a goal. What have you seen of him up late? Well, the tenacity that he's shown has been really incredible. I thought the, the back-checking and the stealing of pucks and um, for a guy that's not blessed with a lot of size, I mean, he's winning an awful lot of board battles. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's getting in that opportunity. When you give him the puck below the circles, he finds a way to make something happen. And, uh, uh, you know, which is great. And to get hot at the right time of year is even better. felt this team, like tonight, they were really disruptive for Dallas breaking out. I think playing, it means um, not turning pucks over. It means not being selfish, staying out too long. It means not uh, throwing pucks up the middle and getting intercepted. It means winning battles. And, uh, like, I mean, uh, no odd man, allowing no odd man rushes against, um, doing the right things on face-offs. Those are, I mean, it's, it encompasses an awful lot, but I think that's mainly what it, what it means. For Matthew Highmore, he felt like just a pain in the neck for the Stars all night long. Is that how you saw his game? That's, that is his game. And very good skater, high energy, uh, and like when he can play like that, he's he's uh, uh, very good. I hope he's you know I mean when you're off for three weeks like that uh, and you have one team practice, I hope he's got some energy for tomorrow night. Chris, what did you think about uh, Luke Shen standing up to uh, Jamie Benson? That's what great teammates do, and Luke Shen's been a great teammate all year, and. Uh, uh, you know, he hits argu- arguably uh, our well, our best defenseman, and you know, I mean, it's a, that's what happens in today's game. If you want to hit him that hard, you're going to have to pay the piper. And and Luke stood up to him. I think Jamie Ben's a hell of a player and tough guy, but uh, uh, I thought Luke did a great job for the team, and it lifted our team up even more. Pardon me. Power play goal, they got kind of threw off the cadence of it. You you were winning all the 50-50 pucks. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you went back to winning the 50-50 pucks after the power play goal was probably a pretty good sign for you. Yeah, like especially in their end, I thought that when we were dumping it in, we were winning their battles. Uh, and they're a lot bigger team, and, and they were winning board battles a little bit. But we started to grind that down and take over after a while, I thought. Uh, uh, but their goal didn't phase us is, is basically what you're saying, and I agree. Like, I mean, it, there have been times this year when another team scored quickly or something like that, and, oh, especially if it was in the first period, and would be followed up by another goal. But we, we stood tall and, and uh, went right back at them, I thought. Uh, well, was there any, any other games tonight? Vegas. Oh, Vegas playing? They lost 3-2. Really? Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Like, I mean, it's uh, for us, it's good. Like, I mean, now we definitely, I mean, you have to win. If you want to have anything in your own hands, I mean, 
uh, we have to win the rest of the games. But if we did, we're in no matter what, you know. So it's a it's a good feeling knowing that your own destiny is in your own hands, even though no matter how hard the rest of the schedule is. Well, we just we did the same thing last year or last week in uh, um, uh, in Arizona, Vegas, and it's this is uh, Ottawa is a much different team than Arizona, and uh, they can beat the best team. Uh, I've watched an awful lot of their games, and uh, they play really hard, and they'll come out at us, and uh, we'll have to be at our best again to beat them. Thank you. All right. Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux after a massive 6-2 victory for the Vancouver Canucks over the Dallas Stars here on home ice. He got into a lot of things and at the end mentioned the Canucks controlling their own destiny. Keep getting your thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. You can grab a phone line as well, 604-280-0650. You're toll free, one 275 Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. But Bick, we got a question from Naomi saying, I love the momentum in Vegas. Uh, the Vegas loss generates. But you think we might be too optimistic about the Canucks controlling their own destiny? Can you touch on what that really means and why is it pivotal against Vegas? And Boudreaux himself also recognized the Canucks control their own destiny. He himself knew heading into this game that if Vegas loses in regulation and the Canucks lose win in regulation, they would control their own destiny. And Bick, can you outline why that is the case? Thank you, Canucks went out. They win. Yes. And, and that's all it means. And, and look, that still requires a 12-game winning streak, but here's what happens. So the Canucks have a game in hand on L.A. So you you win that one. You make up that deficit. So you're two points behind L.A. If you then beat L.A. later on this year, even if L.A. wins out, except for that game against the Canucks, you'll wind up winning the tiebreaker. If you win a regulation. If you get the regulation, regulation wins. wins. Yeah. Right, the, the, the requisite regulation wins, which right as of now, they're actually even. Right, right now they're even, and the Canucks have a game in hand. And, yes. if the Canucks and beat also they play LA. LA. So if you beat LA in regulation, it's going to be hard for you not to have the tiebreaker in the end. So you can jump over them. Right now, LA's max points is 100. Vancouver's is 98. So that one game against can make them both at 98 that's what it comes down to, and the Canucks would have the tiebreaker in that scenario. Yeah, and against Vegas, well, the maximum amount of points Vegas can get now to the end of the season is 97. The maximum points Vancouver can get at the end of the season, like Vic mentioned, is 98. So if Vegas wins out, if Vancouver wins out, Vancouver is going to be ahead of Vegas, and that's what we're talking about. Still a lot to do, and like Boudreaux himself mentioned... There are tough games remaining, yep. but we still control their own destiny, and that's the key. We'll get to more of your reaction as the Connect Central postgame show rolls on, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Do your feet hurt? Kintech can help. Talk to a fitting expert today at 11 Lower Mainland locations or online at kintec.net. More coming up on the Home of Your Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, more of the Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Lockwood back at center. Plays it into the defensive end for Ekman Larson. To Quinn Hughes in his own zone. Hughes. Skates it to the red line himself around Pavelski into the Dallas zone. Left wing. Hot Colson shoots. He scores! Vasily <laughs> 
Pod Colson has four goals in the last three games, and it's 5-2 Canucks. Uh, well, was there any, any other games tonight? Oh, Vegas playing? Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, I mean, it's uh, for us, it's good. Like, I mean, now we definitely, I mean, you have to win. If you want to have anything in your own hands, I mean, uh, we have to win the rest of the games. But if we did, we're in no matter what, you know. So it's a, it's a good feeling knowing that your own destiny is in your own hands, even though no matter how hard the rest of the schedule is. Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux laying out the facts after the Canucks win 6-2 against the Dallas Stars here on home ice. It puts them in a position they haven't been in for a while, and that is actually having a chance of getting in if you win out. And that's where the Canucks have found themselves after winning their sixth straight game. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Our phone boards are open, 604-280-0650. You're toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Now, before we go to the phone boards, Bick, what's happening on the Dunbar Lumber Texting Box? Uh, Billy from New West. I have newfound hope, which means it's going to be swept away sooner rather than later because Canucks. <laughs> uh, and, and that's kind of the overwhelming sentiment we're getting in the inbox. A lot of hyped up people, uh, tepid enthusiasm. From some. Uh, yeah, from, some from some and then many people who have been two feet in the whole way thinking this is the best stretch we've had in nine years. Uh, hello from the Philippines. Great. Game from Put Coles in. Bring on the next victim. That's an unsigned text. Uh, the Manly Man says, Oh man, seeing ozone pressure sustained is such a breath of fresh air. These boys are playing the hearts out. Love seeing the compete levels this high and late into the season. Uh, and Brent in Fort St. John, how do you not bring Boudreaux back? How do you sell that to the fans or guys like yeah. Put Coles in? Even Pedersen, this team is 100% bought in right now and uh, just wrapping up a couple of texts here this one six goals and not a single point from JT Miller didn't think that was possible that one's from Phil yeah I mean it kind of just shows you the type of night it's been and how well some players played and I, and I want to read this one from Ryan and Shemanis because Ryan has been talking a lot about the Canucks passing over the past you know few months mm-hmm. saying hey you know we talk all so much about this and that and the Canucks lacking, but what about the chemistry? What about the fact that they don't make those good, smart, short passes and try to generate more chemistry and more speed? And he says, uh, great win for the Canucks, awesome team play, especially the passing. Great to see uh, the, the success with Garland, Besser, put goals in Dickinson and Pedersen getting goals. Go Canucks, go. That is Ryan and Shimanas. And that's something that Brock Besser spoke to us about uh, after the game when he joined us um, outside the Canucks locker room, and he mentioned the fact that they've been making those shorter passes, trying to generate more speed, and you know, finding a bit more chemistry has helped them during the six-game winning streak. Yeah, and, and it's something that you just, in general, this team just needed more of. Yeah. Short passes to create speed, and it was very much evident on that better goal. Dickinson, just a small touch pass, and look, that's a difficult play because it's, yeah. it's a puck coming at you, there's a guy on your back, and you're in the neutral zone. You're doing kind of a square pass that could easily go awry, and suddenly it's back in your own zone. So it's a deft touch by uh, Jason Dickinson to get it to Elias Pettersson. Uh, perfect weight on it and everything, and he's able to carry it with speed, create that chance for Brock Besser, who obviously buries it. Yeah, he buried it in a big way, and the Canucks a massive victory. All right, let's go to the phone boards as promised, and we start 
in North Van where Gary is on the line. Gary, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Hey, great show. Uh, just a, a quick note uh, from from the situation we started at the beginning of the season with the mm-hmm. uh, with Benning and, and the mess that we were in, and now now the talk about Boudreaux um, possibly not being there next season, and uh, with Rutherford's relationship with Paul Maurice in, in the uh, in the in the, in the background, I, I think it would be a, a travesty, a travesty if they got rid of Boudreaux and uh, in the situation where he's carried this team and, and made people, even like me, who wasn't a fan at the beginning of the year, that hopped on the wagon. And uh, it, it would just be terrible. And the other thing, too, is just recently, Johnson out of Port Moody, uh, out of Michigan, and he played for the, mm-hmm. the Smoke Eaters. How come, we don't, how come we don't look at guys in our BC junior hockey to kind of watch when they go to the university ranks to 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 pull them back and and bring them back to 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 local you know to a local team here because we're missing the boat on a lot of great players are talented in in playing for for the smoke eaters or playing for surrey eagles and right. and stuff are, are is our scouting a little behind compared or or just to elaborate, I'll sit back and listen. Thanks. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Gary. And that's been a common complaint, uh, you know, not drafting enough out of your own backyard and with the misses, I totally understand. As far as Kent Johnson is concerned, and, 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 and I don't believe Gary was trying to make this point that the Vancouver Canucks should have drafted him. I mean, fifth overall pick in 2021. The Canucks did not pick mm-hmm. fifth and traded away, traded, traded away their first-round pick anyway. So they didn't have the ability to do so. It'll be interesting to see with this new regime and a new philosophy if they do – drafts from their backyard a bit more than this organization has, especially under this previous regime. Now, on the other part about Boudreaux, I mean, none of us know. And the reason none of us know is because anytime we've asked the organization and the GM Patrick Alvin's been asked the question, he's essentially said we're going to wait until after the season to figure it out. So, I mean, that's where we're at. So we don't know. And that's kind of been the answer the organization has given. I would, however, think, and number one, on Paul Maurice, if the Canucks make a change, I would be shocked if Paul Maurice yeah. is hired. Let me just put it, put it out there. And we'll see. I mean, I'm not trying to say I know what's going to happen. All I'm saying is if the Canucks move from Boudreaux and hire Maurice, I will be absolutely shocked. I don't believe that's going to happen. I, I feel like you and I have both been kind of vocal about this, that just because there's no finality in the conversation with Bruce Boudreaux right now does not mean the most likely scenario isn't him coming back. Absolutely. At the same time, though, like there are – there are reasons where you could create the idea, but I st- I don't think that's the. Uh, it's it's a very risky proposition to do so. Ultimately, you know, if you're asking me today what's going to happen, my guess is Boudreaux's back. Mm-hmm. That would would be my guess. That's not me reporting anything, saying that's the most likely. That's just kind of the sense or belief that I kind of have here. And we'll see what happens with Boudreaux. We don't have an answer because the team hasn't given us an answer on his future. And we'll see if it becomes undeniable at some point. And if they do somehow get into the postseason pick, then there's almost no way at all. It'd be one of the most fascinating decisions ever in in hockey history. I'd be like, really? Yes. (laughs) And and again... for where this team is, they can go a lot of different directions on a lot of different people, whether it's trades or whether it's coaching decisions. You can go in different directions. You just have to be able to sell what you're doing. And, and the, the list of people that you're that makes sense to make a replacement is honestly like two people. Yeah. That's really about it. And, and that's just kind of where I stand. It's, just, it's a risky move for a, for a new GM to play when 
You know, the goal is to win games, and they're winning games. Yeah, I mean, all he's done since taking over is win hockey games so far for head coach Bruce Boudreau. All right, keep your thoughts coming into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. We'll get to those, but let's go back to the phone boards, and let's go to the island where Mike is on the line. Mike, thanks for the phone call. What's happening? Hey, I appreciate your energy, guys. really do with all the cutbacks and all that. Um, well, I hate to be right, but I was right. I called it uh, the week after that coaching matters. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys, can we at least say that, Travis, we do not know if he's a good coach yet. Can we wait? And we do know that Boudreaux is a very good coach. So let's just stay with that. Second point, um, yes, they control the def- de- uh, destiny, but they're tied in. Uh, they need to get one more regulation win uh, than L.A. somehow. Yes. But, uh, yeah. but if they don't, then they need two more wins not in shootout. So it's not, you know, because it, the second tiebreaker is, is wins, regulation not in shootout. Yeah. So they're t- one minus one right now. So so they have to get two wins, um, um, two more wins, not in a shootout. I don't know what the third tiebreaker is. I mean, I, only the NHL can make you take advanced calculus to figure out, you know, this ROW crap. Not. My final point is, guys, Boudreaux, it, this, this is the first time I've been excited about Canucks hockey in nine years. Like what I've been saying, but why Boudreaux, People do not realize how great a run this is. The Canucks had every opportunity. The players had every opportunity to give up. Come on. They were way out. We wouldn't have, you know, who would have criticized them? They easily could have given up. You know, I don't mean give up completely. I mean, just go through the motions, right? You know, none of them gave up, which was amazing. They didn't really bring in any really new players. They didn't get major guys back from injury. This is the most amazing turnaround. You know, and here's the final point. His win, I know it's small sample now, but his win percentage, I mean, his point percentage is better than Alain Deneuve. And Deneuve had three Hall of Famers, the best defenseman ever, and the best defensive forward. You know, I mean, that is spectacular. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Lots of energy and excitement. And, you know, I will say, as good as Boudreaux has been, I mean, comparing win percentages for, you know, three quarters of a season or, you know, just over two thirds of a season versus somebody who was here for over five years. It's it's a bigger sample, but it is undeniable, Bick, the job Bruce Boudreaux has done here with this team. And I mean, I, I see a number of texts coming in. I mean, even Sabres Rob says, you know, uh, you know, are, are you not entertained? I have been since uh, Bruce Boudreaux has been hired. I agree with Gary. Not bringing the coach back would be a gut punch to the core, and that's Sabres Rob. And not only because of the excitement from the fans, but just of the results. And there are things you can point to with Boudreaux and be critical of, but at the end of the day, like you mentioned, it comes down to results. And more than anything, it also comes back to your star players coming alive again. And him being able to create the environment that allows those players to be at their best. I don't care how you get to that environment. Just can you create that environment? And he is doing so. And should that not be the most important thing? Wasn't What did we talk about so much when this team struggled earlier this season? Got to figure out Patterson. You got to get Patterson right. You got to get Bester right. You got to get more out of Bo Horvat. You have to get more out of these players. You can't have all these guys underachieving. Well, who's really under, underachieving right now? It was essentially Besser. He came back from injury, had a three-point night tonight, helped out his cause a little bit. But ever since Boudreaux took over, which key contributor has really struggled? You go through it. Uh, since the start of February, JT Miller's got 47 points. Elias got 39. Bohorvan has 29. Queen Hughes has got 25. Connor Garland 
has 20 points in 31 games in that stretch. So it's it's been really, really impressive. And, and that was the mandate. The mandate was fix the superstars and get to the playoffs. Well, as it stands right now, the superstars are back in a big, big way, and they control their destiny. Now, look, the, the margin of error is still nil. You lose one game. And they've got three big ones coming up here. Ottawa tomorrow on a back-to-back. Obviously, Ottawa as well played t- tonight as well. But mm-hmm. back-to-back can always be a bit squirrely. And then Minnesota and Calgary. Those are going to be massive, massive games that are going to dictate the outcome of your season. you still got to get those ones right, but you've given yourself the opportunity. And just as I had that stat up, by the way, stat of uh, points since February, when the things really started to, yeah. uh, to start going their way here, if I just said – Someone was plus thirteen. Who would you think I'm talking about? Patterson, Tyler Myers, plus thirteen since February. Not bad. Six points to go along with it, but but plus thirteen. I mean, Tyler Myers has not been a liability this season. No, and even by and I saw some some uh, value cards be made and some of the analytical stuff, which isn't you know very friendly to Tyler Myers historically. And even this year, they they did not have him mm-hmm. being a you know net positive player, but they had him at break even. So uh, he's not hurting you. He hasn't hurt you this season. You can even argue he's helped you this season. And that's something you couldn't say last season for him with the team. But him and OEL, and this was the other issue. Earlier this year, those two guys played really well together. They kind of struggled for a good few week stretch. During this winning streak, Bick, those guys have regained something, too. And that's a big part of things as well. When OEL and Myers were struggling as a pair, this team struggled. When they play well, well, that gives your top four a little bit of a backbone, especially with Shen and Hughes and how they played. OEL just looks totally different. Yeah. He just looks totally different from that tough stretch where it was like PK minutes got kind of stripped away a bit. He looks like he's back to being healthy, and he looks... He looks really, really strong. It's going to be tough for him to be full value for that contract, but he just makes so many subtle plays constantly over and over again, whether it's in his own zone, it's just a smart pass, or yeah. willing to hold on to the puck because he's comfortable with it on breakouts and why make a dangerous pass. He just makes a better pass over and over again. You notice oh, you notice Oliver ekman Larson just making smart plays, and he's really the driver behind that pairing. Yeah, he, he really is, and he's having a stronger finish this season as well. The Canucks winning six straight. All right, keep the thoughts coming into the text inbox. We'll go to those uh, coming up in a second, but let's continue on the phone board. 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. Let's go to Kelowna, where Dan is on the line. Dan, thanks for calling in, buddy. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, very excited. Uh, they're playing such good hockey. Um, it's it's just incredible. Um, what I like is whoever comes in seems to just jump in and contribute right away like they've been here the whole year. It's it's um, amazing. Um, I like the fact that uh, Besser's first came back, that he's looking like he's been here and, and not missing a beat. I kind of worry about a bit about him tomorrow. Because I know usually you're uh, got a lot of uh, adrenaline your first game back, and uh, Boudreaux's just been unbelievable. I mean, it took him a little while to to get the Canucks going the way he wanted to, but it's it's just been unbelievable what he's done. And the one thing I will say about people that have you know criticized some of his lineups, the only people that are doing that 
are basically have never really coached a game in their life. And I don't see how anybody can say, you know, that they're a better coach than Bruce Boudreaux does. I think he knows what he's doing every night, but I'm really enjoying the hockey. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening. All right. Uh, th- thanks for the phone call. That is Dan calling in from Kelowna. Bick. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux's track record, uh, 635 winning percentage, uh, prior to arriving in Vancouver, and so far, as we discussed earlier, since arriving in Vancouver, he has uh, been pretty, pretty sparkling uh, since getting here. I think it's a six, uh, 667 winning percentage, which is uh, seventh best in the NHL since he arrived. Not too bad. Really move, moving up the list. And we were talking about that winning percentage and how it's been good, but it was kind of in that top 10 range. This six-game winning streak has kind of changed those numbers a little bit as far as the winning percentage goes. Uh, a lot of texts coming in here, 650-650. Mike and Kelowna, do not play Halak again. Utter insanity and a lot of questions around that as well. And Boudreaux, I don't think was – correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't asked he was about asked, the goaltending, no. not, not that I can rem- remember. Um, I I'm not sure he would have given an answer today. He may have hinted at an answer, however, when he was asked about maybe going to Demko back-to-back, and he said, well, you could, and these are big games, but it didn't work out for Nashville, is what he said, because they went to Sorrows back-to-back and didn't help them. They've shown a reluctance to go to Demko on back-to-backs unless they absolutely have to, which they had to on one case when you know he got hit with COVID and you know they didn't have many options, so they went with him. But if it was up to me at this stage... I'm, I'm going rolling with your guy. Rolling with yeah, I mean I'm going with Demko. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. Uh, I saw Adam Vinian tweeted a stat uh, earlier today. Kevin Woodley talked about it as well. In the hundred instances of Goldie's playing on, or over hundred instances of Goldie's playing on zero rest, save percentage is eight eighty three coming into yesterday's games. Saros. Uh, obviously, he got pulled in that game, so that number even goes down from there. So, look, it, it's not a rule. It's not like 11 on blackjack and you got to play it and, you know, just always double down. I do tend to think that if if, if you lose tomorrow, how do you want to wake up on Wednesday? You want to say, well, we had Halak in net or Demko in net. And I, I always want to go, go down. Go out with, with your guy. I always want to go down with my guys and it, it, go down swinging with your studs playing. So, play that your Demko. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. We'll get to your reaction on that to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can grab a phone line as well, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 1-888-275-0650. As the Canucks Center Post Game Show rolls on, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Do your feet hurt? Kintech can help. Talk to a fitting expert today at 11 Lower Mainland locations or online at kintec.net. More coming up in the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Garland holds it in on the point. Canucks all over the stars in the offensive end. Garland, high slot with a shot. It's blocked. Rebound left circle. Hunt swept it to the goal and Ottinger held it out again. Hunt to the line for Besser off the bench. Shoots it. Tip they score. Jason Dickinson. He scores against his former team on the deflection for the left circle. And it's 4-2 Canucks. 
Uh, Dallas just, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to defend against the Canucks forecheck. They're just buzzing around. And I think this might be a goalie change for Dallas. Canucks ran Jake Ottinger out of this game and did not fare much better for Scott Wedgwood as the Canucks put up six on the Dallas Stars tonight, winning their sixth straight game. And the Canucks getting themselves closer in the playoff conversation. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, you can grab a phone line 604 280 0650 or toll free 1 275 0650. And we'll get to some of the phone calls and some of your text messages on the Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox 650 650 coming up in a second. I do want to address one thing. It's a small thing, it's a little. It's a little sticky, but I just do want to address it. Somebody texting in and saying, stop saying controlling your own destiny. Destiny cannot be controlled. And, okay, if you want to get semantical about it, I understand. That's fine. That's fine. It's, it's, it's true. I mean, technically, you can't do it. I understand what the person is saying. But you know what this reminds me of? You know how people say chomping at the bit? It's supposed to be champing at the bit, but it's now become commonly used as chomping at the bit, and people say it. And it's convey a certain point in a certain type of situation. And controlling your own destiny is a stupid sports phrase that, yeah, may not be technically, technically correct, but it's used when a team can make the postseason or win something if they win the remaining games. That's what it means. Boudreaux himself used it. People use it in sports. Semantically, you're right. It's not correct. But that doesn't mean it doesn't get used. And it's not a common phrase. That's all. That's, I just want to address that. Now you can get to more pressing and interesting text messages through our text inbox pick. All right. Great. <laughs> uh, some people texting in. Got to trust the system. Demko does need a break. Uh, so, uh, honestly, there's a lot of Yaroslav Halak support coming in to give him the start uh, going in tomorrow. Uh, look at the Golden Eagle. Last five starts, he's been pretty good. And, yeah, he's rebounded really well from those two starts uh, from earlier in the season, uh, this one you got to love Connor Garland's energy and tenacity, effective at getting under the opponent's skin. Also, the fact he's got good offensive upside as well. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Andre Boudreaux 2.0. Uh, I thought I was going to see uh, Alex Burrows 2.0. Nevertheless, uh, that one's from uh, Greg <laughs> from Richmond. Uh, this one unsigned, amazing game. Glad Besser had a great comeback game. Hopefully, he stays this good. Uh, this one. From Patrick in Vancouver, this team is playing meaningful hockey in April, which is what I crave. I uh, love the show. Uh, hopefully they keep bringing it for the last six games. And put goals in from Nathan. Put goals uh, this in. This is uh, four goals, four assists for eight points in his last five games. Playing with purpose and confidence. I love this kid. That is Nathan. Texting in 650-650. Yeah, he's been bringing it, playing a real strong game right now. Brandon and Poco, I thought the Canucks would have been in control of their own misery. Well, you know, sometimes that has <laughs> been the case. Listen, you can always be in control of your, of your own misery. It's not very, It's like anything. It's very hard to build something. It's very easy to be unhappy and angry and miser- miserable. And uh, Jared and Langley. Six-game winning streak, ton of goals, dominating the opponents. Most exci- exciting hockey since 2011. Woo! People bringing the heat. He's, he's asking the question, is this the most exciting hockey since 2011? Uh, I'd I mean, say no, but no, I mean, they're uh, winning, and they're, winning is exciting. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not reading that one. Good, good text, though. Uh, but, I mean, so earlier this year, if that's where we're going to go back to, 
they weren't playing exciting hockey. They weren't generating chances. Mm-hmm. This bit that they're playing right now, it's exciting because they're winning and they're on a stretch. I wouldn't say they're playing the most exciting hockey necessarily. You know, 2019-2020, before the lockdown and you know before their kind of late season swoon, before things went down, they were playing exciting mm-hmm. hockey. That was a high event hockey team. They generated a lot and they gave up a lot. But they were just go, go, go. There was a lot of fun that year. But obviously, they, they, played, they changed their style slightly in the postseason, of course, and had some success. And that kind of gets forgotten a bit. But this stretch right now, of course, I mean, hey, who doesn't have fun when a team is winning? And that's essentially what it comes down to right now. Uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, is Sutter even coming back? This is ridiculous. So on Brandon Sutter, don't expect him to come back this season, but he wants to continue to play. And we'll see if it happens for him at some point. But it's going to be hard for him to just jump in and play late season hockey or playoff hockey without having played at all and trying to recover physically from long COVID symptoms. So uh, I'm not expecting him this year, maybe next year. Yeah, and it's not ridiculous. They're it's, it's doing healthy. the prudent approach of taking things very carefully. When it's also on him yeah. and how he feels. And if he felt good to go and play and practice, he would do so. Clearly he's not quite there yet. Um, a, a lot of texts coming in. We'll get we'll get to more of these uh, in a moment or two. Uh, but let's continue on the phone boards and let's go to Shane and Burnaby. Shane, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hi. Well, I as I I told I don't know who I talked to when uh, at first, but uh, I got to say I love Corey Hirsch. I mean, he's he's a real player. He's been there and everything. But he just lit me up when he first of all he slagged Goldobin, who never really got a chance in this town because. When Gold Dolvin was with Pedersen, somehow he got all these points. But then he got moved away from it because Travis Green never never liked to take any chances with guys. Travis Green, a good coach, I'm sorry, we suffered through two years of being unprepared at the beginning of each season, of not making the playoff. This is the first. It is the most exciting hockey since uh, 2011 because... We play to win. We don't stand around watching pucks and looking scared. And all our players keep improving. Travis Green, did he improve Vertanen? Did he improve Little Things Louie? Who did he improve? Olevi? I'm sorry, Travis Green wasn't a good coach, except that sometimes he had good qualities and maybe one day he'll be a great coach. But Boudreaux has actually done everything Travis Green did not. So it's not time to praise Travis Green. It's time to say we gotta have Boudreaux. All right, hey, thanks for the phone call. Gotta have Boudreaux. That's the new phrase. Uh, let's continue on the phone boards uh, and let's go to Don and Bella Bella. Don, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Oh, hey there. Uh, I just want to touch on Luke Shen. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a keeper. Um, during the game, Don Taylor tweeted after that Ben hit on Hughes. He said, does Ben have to fight there after that clean hit? But, you know, when you think about it, if the Canucks sat around or skated around and done nothing after that hit on Hughes, uh, they would have been criticized for no response. So you just kind of can't win. Yeah. But I, I just say... Uh, it would be nice to sign Luke for two more years. Thanks. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Well, he's got one more year on his contract. But, you know, to, Luke Shen, you cash him this summer. But, no, so, hey, man. but to Don's point, um, I, I'm sure uh, Luke Shen himself, who's 33, I mean, you're not talking about a guy who's, you know, in his early 30s. He's entering his mid-30s here, right? And would he 
pass up a two-year extension potentially this offseason? Probably not. Um, now, how much would you want to pay on a two-year extension? He's played really well this year, but you start paying him two or three million, you might be feeling a little bit differently in two years when he's 35, for instance. So I don't know about that. But, for instance, let's say that would you sign him to a two-year extension worth 1.5 per year? $3 million total? Shut up and take my money. <laughs> I mean, hey, it comes down to how he views yeah. it. I, mean, I You know, I, this is the first time I've thought about extending Luke Shen, and Dom brings it up. But to humor the, the point for a second, something along those lines, would he say no to a, a two-year deal worth 1.25 or 1.5 per year? And do you just lock him in now when you can, for instance, to Dom's point? I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting proposition. It's fine. It's a fine proposition, depending on what the number is. Uh, all right, we'll get back to some of your. We'll get to some of your text messages in a second here. Let's continue on the phone boards. Uh, let's go to Wayne and Courtney. Wayne, you've been hanging along for a while to get on. We appreciate it. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hi, good evening, Sat here and Vic. I put a lot of uh, thought into my call before coming on, and um, if I could have two minutes, you and your listeners are really going to love this call. All right, I'm bring calling- it. I'm calling to entertain you guys and your listeners, and here we go. We don't hear from PK very often, but I'll tell you, what I got to say isn't a rant, but it's more like two slabs of Angus beef burgers. <laughs> the first slab of Angus beef burger is, you know, the Canucks had to have this game. They played out the Stars. They're chasing the Dallas Stars. They, they needed to win. They even ran out the goalie. Shen and Myers were sticking up for Hughes and the players and even protecting Demko. They played a most awesome game tonight. The coach, the players, they played one of their best games, and they had to have their top-notch 100% effort, and they brought it. My first beef is to the fans at Rogers Arena. If you put as much effort into that wave of yours as you do with the Bruce, there it is, and cheering after each goal, your wave would look a half a lot better. It was like watching skeletons and zombies in the stands, in the seats. There was hardly any wave at all, no wave at all, and it, it was dismal. It was like rated from 1 to 10, it was about a 2. and It just was dismal. My second slab of Angus beef is... There was about two, three minutes left of the game. And as I'm watching the game on TV, I'm looking at all the purple seats in the stands. And there's people leaving for the exit. Uh, 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 excuse me, folks. You pay for your tickets. You stay till the end of the game. You stand up and you cheer for your boys. When they play a game like that, you show some appreciation and you stay till the very end and you give them a standing ovation. All right. Uh, thanks for the phone call, Wayne. He's fired up, and not over the win. <laughs> he's he's upset at the, f- the, I, the weirdest people are catching strays today. <laughs> Travis Green and the fans. This team is on a six-game winning streak, six zero and one. They have thirteen points in the last fourteen games. Or sorry, thirteen of the last available fourteen points, and the fans are getting called out. You look, the fans actually to been great this point, year. The wave wasn't great tonight. However. However, we have said this on multiple post-game shows. This is what, home game number uh, 38? Yes. I would say of 38 39. No, tonight's home game 38. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. The fans have been incredible for all 38. Incredible for all 38. Now, there have been moments. I think part of it is, hey, a year away from the rank and getting back into it, 50% capacity. It was even loud then. 
But the fans, even in the first stretch of the season, when they weren't getting W's, and it was frustrating, the fans have been locked in all season long. So, yeah. look, Wayne, yeah, they might have got the, the, the wave wrong tonight. They've been but awesome the wave, all season Honestly, long. the wave to me is inconsequential. It's 2022. Can we not have something better than the wave? Yeah, and somebody texted in, the wave is for kids, not fans. <laughs> and usually the wave is, comes in at a point where the game's out of hand yeah. and whatever. Like, who cares? But the vibe at the arena this year has been great, i got to say. It's and we've critical been critical. Yeah, we've been critical of that in, in past years. This year, like, however, it's Everything been good. about the fan experience yes. is greatly improved and, like, legit. Legit. <laughs> Call it the Vegas effect of needing to improve, but the game ops is incredible, the music in the building, all the little in-game video things are just top-notch. It's, it's, and I've said this before, it's the place to be, not to steal a, f- a phrase from Frank Costanza, but it is the place to be. Yeah, and it really with is. With a couple of more meaningful games here, uh, you've only got a couple more chances just to uh, check them out. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have three more regular season home games. And we'll see if there's any more beyond that before next season begins. Uh, all right, uh, we have time to get another caller or two in. Uh, let's go to Gordon Coquitlam. Gord, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys, a couple things. First of all, I just want to say, as a season's ticket holder, if the Canucks' victory in a game is in hand, if there's a couple of minutes left, I'm getting my butt up. And I'm gonna head to the car to beat the rush. Come on. Okay, that's 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 you know, unless I'm with my boys and they want to see the three star selection, I'm getting up and doing the slow walk up the stairs out the gate. Okay, that's I just want to say that. Okay, but um, in all seriousness, I actually think they should start Halak tomorrow. That's my gut feel because we really like we need to win all the games i mean if we lose one sure but we need to rely on other teams doing us uh, a, a couple of favors so we really need to get two points out of minnesota and calgary and we need demko at the top of his game halak i know has had some bad starts but also i think for if correct me if i'm wrong guys for a good part of the year he was at, I think, a save percentage equal to Demko or something, wasn't he? Like it was he can above play. Demko, yeah. At he, one point, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I don't believe that some of those back to like he played a lot of back to back games, and you know I think the team also had something to do with it in terms of Halak's performance. And mm-hmm. as long as he can find it tomorrow, uh, I, big picture, we need Demko for. Minnesota and Calgary, I think we need to rest them. Hey, thanks for the phone call. That's Gord and Quitlam calling in. And, hey, fair point to how Halak's played. And if you want to get the most out of your goalie, the best argument to make is, yeah, you got to win most of your games or maybe all of them. But at the same time, is it reasonable to expect your Thatcher Demko to win all these games and these two back-to-backs remaining on the schedule and how few days of rest there are? Like, is it reasonable to expect him to be able to handle that load? So you might need to start Halak somewhere. My question is, do you do that tomorrow, though, against the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I mean, I can understand. But then your next Look, back-to-back okay. though, is L.A. and Edmonton. That may be deciding your season. So if, if it comes down to Edmonton and you have to win, and you're, you're not playing you're Halak. Halak. So do you play Halak at all? This might be the only time you can play him tomorrow. 
Yeah. And, uh, and this doesn't mean you're getting in, but if you're just thinking about it from Boudreaux's perspective, and you're thinking that, okay, there's no way he can play every game we have, maybe one of the back-to-backs. Which back-to-back do you want him for? Probably the last, the, the LA Edmonton one. And that mm-hmm. is if you play well enough to then to even be in it, or do you just take it now? But you hate to be in a position where you're staring at that game in Edmonton, and you have a dog-tired goalie in Thatcher Demko, who you could have maybe given a rest to. Yeah, but you're still alive. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Right? And, and that's, like, this is just about surviving and advancing right now. I, I just, look, we're getting nonstop texts about, got to bring Bruce Boudreaux back, got to bring Bruce Boudreaux back. And, and they're all valid and they're correct. Can you imagine what happens on Wednesday if Yaroslav Halak plays and they lose? <laughs> Man, it's right? going to like, be mayhem. It's going to be mayhem for all these people. Like, oh, how, how did Boudreaux make the decision to play Yaroslav Halak? Man, all Halak? the Bruce Boudreaux love is going to change. And, well, not, not forever, but in the moment there will be a lot of frustration. Yeah. It just, but I mean, those. It's, I mean, it's, that's it's an unenviable position to be in right now. Here's all I'll say, right? I think choosing Thatcher Demko is the is a good decision, and if you choose to go to to, to Yaroslav Halak, that's still a good decision. It's rooted in an idea of hey, don't play your backups or don't play your starters back to back games. Just don't do that. And so it's it's a fine decision. And you know who I trust to make qualified decisions like this. Ian Clark. Yes. And the entire goaltending department. So They're pretty good here. No matter what the decision is, it's still a good decision. I would just prefer Thatcher Demko because I don't want to wake up on Wednesday and saying, oh, they lost to Ottawa and Holak was in net. That's all my my analysis and, ex- and expertise is based on. This is end game stuff where you've got to make as optimal decisions as possible. And I just think of from if I'm going down swinging, I want to make sure I give him my best chance, and the best chance is always going to be Thatcher Demko. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's just that reality. Yeah, Even on a back-to-back, I get that's it. That's where I'm at. I mean, I'm looking at it logically and what you would try to figure out and what you would do. You may want to get him a game here somewhere, but, you know, considering the situation you're in, it's a tough decision. I do wonder, though, if Boudreaux did play his hand when he mentioned yeah. it did not work for the Preds playing Sorrows on back-to-back nights. It's just you have to frame everything in the context of you have to win out. So if they lose one game set, Halak's playing the next one. Yeah. Like if they lose one game and it looks like it's done now, because LA is a little bit f- further ahead, then Halak's going to get one game. That's just the reality. If they lose one game with that Jemko, Halak will get a start. Just because you have to give, you have to also have to give Halak the opportunity to try to get his next bonus. Yeah. Because that would be really annoying. I, I, at least I, give him one chance. At for least it. one chance. Yeah. I mean, yes, but at the same, yeah. I mean, now you're you not got, doing it when you're still in this playoff chase. That's the but thing. later on, yeah. And we'll see. I mean, big decision coming up against the Sens. It's back-to-back. And it's technically twenty four less than 24 hours after the next game started. Because it's 7.30 start today and it's 7 o'clock start tomorrow. Every minute counts, Every man. minute counts. Every minute counts Half right an now. hour. Every right. point and every minute counts. <laughs> they do. No question about it. Uh, a lot of texts coming in. Wayne blew my speakers is one unsigned. Uh, and this one, Ray from, uh, from Olympic Village. Uh, I'm going vegetarian after that Wayne rant. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in the heat. I love it. Uh, Jeffro, the vibe at the arena changed from the first game that Boudreaux coached. You could feel it in the atmosphere. It took a step, but even from game one, and I know we've made this analogy, people give a standing ovation to Oliver Ekman Larson making a curling shot on a clearance that wasn't an icing. 
I mean, fans have been have been, have been wanting to cheer this team fans since game one awesome. of the season. They've been they've been great this season, absolutely terrific. But Jeffro's right. Since Boudreaux took over and they've started winning, uh, it has taken another step. Absolutely. Uh, Ella asks us, "What do you think of Pedersen's play?" And on the other side, we are going to get to Ian McIntyre when he joins us for the final segment, and we'll play some post-game audio from Jason Dickinson and Connor Garland coming up in a few minutes. But on Elias Patterson, there were some questions about him going back to center, you know, taking Bo's spot. Is he going to be as good offensively? Ho-hum, another three-point performance. He was spectacular yet again and showed that he can very much run a line down the middle. I, I, I don't even know why that was a question, considering he was excelling down the middle uh, during its hot streak before he went to play on Bo Horvat's wing. But nonetheless, the question was posed, and I think it was answered very, very strongly yet again by number 40 tonight. He's really good. He's really good. Go figure that uh, being in his more natural position that he's played most of his time in the NHL and thrived in in the NHL, that he's won a Calder at that position and he's been dominant in the playoffs at that position. Go figure in uh, Game 76 versus the Dallas Stars, he could come up with another great performance. So he's sitting here with 63 points on the season, six games to go. He's already at a point now where he has a career, career high in goals. He's at 29. His career high was 28. Um, He is three points off of his career high of 66 points in a season. 70 is not a ridiculous number. Now, his points per game is probably not going to be at the same level as it was Mm -hmm. his first or second year. But the totals can still be career highs. And that is, again, a show of how much better he's been in the second half after a dreadful start to the season. We'll talk more about Pedersen. We'll get to more of your reaction. We'll hear from Ian McIntyre plus Jason Dickinson and Connor Garland as the Canucks Central Post Game Show rolls on, presented by Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feet for life on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. You're listening to the Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canucks postgame show. Bringing you the most Canucks coverage in B.C. Only on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Right wing for Sheldon drives into the Dallas zone. Lost the puck but chops it in behind the Stars net and Pedersen gets it. He's upended by Suter and drives in to help out. Digs it free for Pedersen. Near side he scores! A pass from Sheldon drives behind the net, and Pedersen was there to bat it home on the backhand. It's 2-1 Vancouver with 4.51 left in the first. That is one of the prettiest goals I've seen all year. Andre doesn't know where the puck is behind the net. No idea. Canucks win 6-2, beating the Stars on home ice. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show presented by Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, keeping you active on your feed for life on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep getting your thoughts into our text inbox, 650-650. Uh, we are going to get to Ian McIntyre when he joins us. We'll play some audio here from Connor Garland and Jason Dickinson. We might be able to squeeze in one phone call, but what's happening on the text inbox here, Bick? Uh, every text is Wayne-related. <laughs> right now 6.50 6.50 but Wayne I'll tell you right now call in on tomorrow's post game show this is how you get the people going with takes like that so uh, Angus beef <laughs> like we're getting hashtag Angus beef uh, in quite a bit here uh, 6.50 6.50 Patterson he's going to get stronger and he's going to be so good uh, an unsigned text uh, coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox 
Uh, a lot of Boudreaux support as well from Brenton Fort St. John. And Mike and Colonna says, please stop talking about Halak. Hurting my eardrums. Uh, yes. Someone who wants to see Dadger Demko start tomorrow. Yes. And for those that are wondering, what does it mean if the Canucks win out? It means that they would be in a playoff position. That's why the whole phrase, control your own destiny, is being mentioned. The Canucks play the LA Kings, and if the Canucks win out, the LA Kings cannot win out. And that would mean they would be tied in points, and if the Canucks would have more regulation wins than them over that stretch, they would be the team that makes the playoffs. So that is why they, quote-unquote, control their own destiny. Uh, now, before we get to all that, uh, we are going to – here is – just quickly, here is, we mentioned, Jason Dickinson and Connor Garland post-game after the Canucks had a 6-2 victory. Feels good. I mean, just to win, to play the right way and win is – really what matters to me so I'm glad that we got that uh, win and we got to do it again tomorrow. Um, when you're playing this kind of compressed condensed schedule does it feel better to uh, get out, out to that kind of fast start and, and know that you can kind of uh, build off that lead? Yeah, Absolutely I think every single game we want to come out and get out to a fast start we don't want to let teams dictate and uh, bring the game to us it's, it's up to us to bring it to them and you know, we've been playing that way for a good chunk of time right now because we're desperate, and that's what desperate hockey is. Hunter, what did you see on your goal there? Um, a little while ago. Uh, oh, oh, hit the post, and I just tried try to find my uh, spot on the uh, right goal line, and uh, Posse was in a good spot, and just a little give and go, and good screen by Millsy. So, you know, we, like we talked about, we want to get off to a good start, and it was nice to get one early, and then uh, we kind of got rolling. Six in a row for you guys now. Is what's the belief like? We've talked about belief so much, but does does it just keep building? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we're just focused. You know, we understand what's what we have to do. Um, you, know, you can't take your foot off the gas. We didn't give ourselves a, a you know an easy ride to the end of the season here, so we understand it's a tall task what we have to do, and we're just focused and want to keep uh, keep going. Jason, uh, some line juggling tonight, and you seem to find some instant uh, chemistry with Petey there. The, the touch pass at that in a neutral zone and then and then the deflection was it a, a matter of did that trigger anything I mean the way you sprang Petey on the 2 on one it seemed that you had some pretty quick chemistry with those guys yeah I mean Petey's one hell of a player so um, if you can get the puck in his hands with a little time and space good things are typically going to happen so that's that's really what I tried to do is uh, just try to play into his game and, and let him have his, his time with the puck and you're, on your goal that you set Best having the puck there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have uh, buried the one from Garley to start, but uh, you know, I'll hear from that later when he watches the video. And then I saw I saw Best coming from the bench, and I knew right away he'd have his head up and he would find me on the backside. So I just tried to open my blade up and uh, you know get enough of it to tip it in. You also had an empty net. Look, look. Yeah, I wanted the assist. What about the season? I, I know it's, it's been difficult for you when you came here. Uh, you wanted to contribute to the penalty kill that struggled early. You moved from center to wing, and you've had some injuries. What does a night like tonight do for you just personally? Yeah, um, it's big. It, it means a lot to me. Um, but uh, coach early on in my career told me not to fall in love with yourself, so you know, I enjoy it for now, and then tomorrow back to business and forget what happened tonight. But also remember the confidence that I played with and that it, it is there. The ability is there. Connor, what can you say about overall progression? He seems to have taken a big step in recent weeks. Yeah, obviously it's a league that takes a while to figure out. 
Um, you know, unless you're you know one of the superstars in the world, like uh, David or Crosby. But it's hard for uh, you know us normal people, right? It's a hard league to figure out, and he uh, he's just you know made progressions all year, and you can really start to see it now. It's a big goal, especially. You know, it's a good team, and you know, two goalies, hardest league in hockey. So to have uh, have them go out there and get one for us early is a big goal, and you know, we needed uh, we needed them tonight. Connor, how much did it help you when you stopped talking about the fact that you weren't scoring goals and talking more about what you could do to help the team win on any given night by doing whatever possible? Did that play into the fact that you know you had a lot of jump late, and obviously scored? No, I mean I wasn't talking about it. You know, I was just focused on trying to help the team win and. Um, like I said, you know, goals come and go. So just, uh, you know, best goal scorers in the league score 20 or 30 goals. And, you know, that's uh, 50 games without a goal, right? So uh, you got to help your team contribute other ways. And um, these are important games. And everybody, uh, you know, we got some guys who've gone out. And everybody's got to step up their game. And we've had that from a lot of guys uh, in our locker room. Jason, you know how uh, tough Jamie Ben is. Uh, what does it do for your bench when uh, Luke Shen stands up to him? Yeah, I mean, Shiner's a tough guy too, so uh, it's a heavyweight tilt right there. Um, Jamie tries to spark the team. Uh, he takes a run at uh, Husey there, and, you know, Shiner's not going to accept that. So I uh, love that Shiner's there to step up and, and not uh, take take his uh, take his shit, part of my language. But, uh, yeah, you can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't let him get away with that because he's the heartbeat of that team and things like that that get – uh, let go will really spark that team and get on Shiner. Connor, it's obviously it's a long season, but this one particularly has had all sorts of twists and turns, and now it's back to back. It just, I mean, does it feel like you guys probably can't wait to get at it again tomorrow night? Like it's, you know, not a grind to play back to back. Like this is now an opportunity as opposed to uh, as, my, or as much as it is a challenge. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to phrase it. It's an opportunity now. We've given ourselves a chance here. <laughs> Um, beating a lot of good teams as of recent, and um, you know we understand you know what's at stake. That's a dangerous team coming in tomorrow with a lot of talent up front. They can score in bunches. You know they had a good goalie, so we have to come in and um, you know play like any other team. It's going to be a big game for us back to back. We're going to go get our rest now and just come in focused because you know we can't let our foot off the gas here. Like I said, we, we didn't give ourselves a you know an easy chance here. You know we struggled at the start of the season, and now uh, you know we set ourselves up for a tough road. But you know we believe we can do it. That is Connor Garland after a 6-2 Canucks victory at the podium alongside Jason Dickinson. And Jason Dickinson, well, he's a man who had a three-point night tonight, and he had it on the heels of an article that our next guest and the real star of the postgame show, the man known as a quadruple threat, wrote on sportsnet.ca. And we call him the quadruple threat because he writes and posts it on .ca and gets help from a special editor that is also a radio host. <laughs> Also does regional TV broadcasts, Hockey Night in Canada, regular on sports radio talk shows on Sportsnet 650. He is Ian McIntyre, and he joins us now. And you had the Midas touch when it came to Quick Jason Dickinson. Quick maybe now. I did, and a predictor. And because we were a half hour later, I'm probably five minutes earlier, so we can just listen to the whole Hendrix catalog. <laughs> the whole catalog. <laughs> There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. Well, you know what? Considering the hole they dug themselves, and we reacted to that line of that song so many times saying, I'm not sure. <laughs> there is a way out of this. And uh, lo and behold, at game 76 of the season, and hey, the math is still not easy, but for the first time in a long time, if the Canucks went out, 
in regulation, they're guaranteed a playoff spot. This is something that was not the case that long ago and seemed like a foolish thing to believe would be possible even, say, 10 games ago. They've got self-determination again. <laughs> yes. I learned that term. I think it's social studies. Self-determination. Self-determination. Um, by the way, I, I've got to say I, I'm never making fun of Bick again because <laughs> he, he just <laughs> saved my arse by somehow – Going into sportsnet.ca and fixing a mistake, which hopefully most of the world will never see or never know existed. Uh, I had, we we I won't had, even tell people what it is. Yeah, I had an error. No, some people will know. I had, a, I had an error because, well, I guess I'm going to tell them right now what it was. <laughs> I, I, I remember Boudreaux telling the story about, uh, you know, the final 12 games. And so I referenced that. And somehow 12 in my, my mind, I wrote 12 and 1, but of course that's 13 games. It was 11 yes. and 1. So for about a half hour, we were at DEFCOM 5 because the mistake was out there. It was online. The desk in Toronto had gone home because they're, they're gracious enough to stay till 2 a.m. their time until I, to handle my story uh, from the far western perimeter of the Rogers Empire. And uh, so the mistake would have sat there all night. I told Bick, he said, no problem. I, I didn't know you had this power. I got you, boss. But the power. I don't know if I'm supposed have. to, but uh, yeah. I, at least at least I'm a singular threat. I I will I will tell people I made you do it. It's going to confuse the morning crew in Toronto. Cause oh yeah, come home. There's just coming into all these emails from me. Please, <laughs> please fix my story. There's going to be a digital imprint edited by Bikazar. It's like yeah. oh, I think we should be taking away these powers. It's fine. But you know what? Digital is great that way because when I worked for a newspaper, which I did most of my working career. It, and I think other reporters have this similar experience. You'd file, like, let's say tonight, I, I'd filed. You all almost always know, and I still do, almost always know when there's a mistake there, even when you don't know what the mistake is. It's like there's this sense, right. something's wrong, it's not right. And that you find your mistake in newspapers, it's too late. It's, it's, it's physically yeah. printed and will last forever. And in digital... All you need is a friend on the post-game show, <laughs> and that's with it. A, with access to the master computer, the launch codes, and and fix it for me. So well, thank you, Bick. Sat, you're still fair game. Yeah, so. I mean, bring it. It's all good. I, I don't have nearly as many uh, abilities as Bick Nazar does, so. I'm going to have to use No, I know that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't joke you about that because that's kind of sad for you. <laughs> that's just the truth. Now I'm going to take all the heat. It's like IMAX completely shifted his sights, and the crosshairs are on me all of a sudden. No, I sat beside Richo for the game tonight, <laughs> oh, so I got, I got all my barbs out of the way in yeah. person. <laughs> uh, do people want to know Bic's IQ? That's a question to the text inbox. Uh, lower than I want, higher than you think. <laughs> Well, that's a good oh, question. Well, I that's think good you're pretty smart, so that must be very high. Well, it's, it's still lower than what I want. <laughs> ne- it's never good aren't, enough. Aren't we all? <laughs> I, I, I haven't done the IQ test or uh, LSATs or, or Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know about IQ tests. I haven't done that either. Yeah. I started trying once. I, I got sucked in on, on the internet, you know, something popped up, like test your IQ. But it, it's 
you know, one question leads to another, and then an ad, and then another question, then right. an ad, and yeah. then eventually they try and sell. I never did find out. My and it's like, give you. me your credit card, and we'll send you the answer. But I the think end. the fact that I even clicked on the button to find out my IQ tells me it's pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> if you need, if you need to, if you need to go online to figure it out, it may not be as high as you want it to be. Yeah. Maybe that's the lesson there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm never checking my credit score, yeah. no matter how often they ask me to. <laughs> that's a good thing. Just ignorant bliss. Yeah, you know. ignorance, it's bliss. But, you know, bringing it back to this game, there's so many things to talk about tonight. I mean, how many? I mean, they played one of their stronger team games in a while. They were full value for the victory. So many players stepped up, and this is on the heels of Bo Horvat getting injured and being out of the lineup, and it's been the next man up mentality. It's a bit of a tired sports cliche, Ian, but it's not really a cliche if you pull it off, and that's what they're doing right now. Well, they're halfway to get back to the Boudreaux thing. So yeah. Boudreaux tells this story, and I remember him telling telling us this on a on a practice day. How you know, and he just said it nonchalantly. Oh yeah, when I was with the Washington Capitals and this, we we went eleven and one, and we made the playoffs. And I don't know if he said last day of the season or last game. Yeah, of last the season. game of the season. Last yeah. game of the season. And I think maybe Bruce actually said 12 and 1. I'd have to go back and look at the tape. Maybe I can maybe blame him. But when I went then, because I did the story three weeks ago, or almost three weeks ago, and and checked it, and I, I looked at the game log, you know, they, the Washington Capitals went 11 and 1 in their last 12 games. They won, I think, two in a shootout, one in overtime, and they beat Carolina in one of the games. And Carolina kind of scuffled at the same time and got passed by the Capitals on the last game of the season. And and it, it and on top of that, uh Boudreaux was brought in a month into the season because or a little more than a month because they the Capitals had started six fourteen and one under mm-hmm. Glenn Hanlon. Well they started six fourteen and two this year, although Travis it was a few more games before uh, Green got fired. But the parallels of Boudreaux took, taking over a team when he at that stage of the season and the the boost that he gave the new team and their record, it's incredibly similar. Yeah. It's frighteningly similar in circumstance mm-hmm. to what Washington did. As somebody pointed out to me, though, Washington had Alex Ovechkin <laughs> and some others. And, and the Canucks don't, although the Canucks we're seeing have some – you know, formidable impact players, and but what we've seen is that they've got more depth than than they appear. We thought, and mm-hmm. maybe they don't really have depth. Then maybe something like tonight, Jason Dickinson, you know, scoring three points and matching his output from the previous twenty three games that he'd had, <laughs> or Alex Chason, you know, getting ten points in seven games and yeah. what was it, eight in four? Um, it's it's just you know incredible. Maybe those are aberrations, but it. However, they're doing it in the Canucks final 12 games. They're now 6-0. and So they're actually ahead. Washington had lost once by this point, And they got six games to go. And the first of the six is against the Ottawa Senators. Then it gets tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. Ottawa back-to-back. Like, that's – if they think that that's a gimme, then they'll probably lose that one. But, obviously, to go on the road later in the week and they got to play in Minnesota and then in Calgary – two really tough mm-hmm. games. I, you know, are they going to sweep both? Uh, I would guess not, but I would have said there's no way they're, they'd be 6-0. and oh. 
they the team had had lost eight of the previous eleven. When Boudreaux told this story, and the reason he told us is because he said he had told his players that. When he told that story, they had lost eight of their previous eleven. We thought it was over. We thought, boy, this April is going to be this is going to be a really long April for Death all March. of us covering yeah. the team. And they're six and zero oh since then. So, you know, who knows? It's it's incredible, though. I I don't know that I've ever seen this in all the years I've I've covered the Canucks. I don't know that I've ever quite seen something like this where, um, on command they're able to do something that we didn't think possible. Like nobody thought 6-0 would yeah. have been, I mean, maybe possible technically, but nobody would have, you know, counted on that. Uh, Jason Dickinson, you're, you wrote a piece on him uh, earlier today and got him going. Performs. <laughs> I wish we had that. You're welcome. Power, no, but... I know. I know. Um, I'm making fun of myself. People listening, I didn't get him going. <laughs> that's what, that's what I gave some him a reporters tip to change think. the tape. Yeah. And... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but just like he he's he's an intelligent player and he's in the right oh, spot all yeah. the time and he clearly like works hard. He, he does a good job defensively, I think overall. It was just really nice to see him get three points yeah. tonight and he's just such a smart player. Well, my takeaway from talking to him is is he has beaten himself up. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to beat up J- Jason Dickinson for his yeah. season because he's adequately done the job himself. Like he is, he's been really hard on himself. Because he knows what a disappointment it's been to him. And, you know, I don't know that he's thought of everyone else. He certainly has thought of his teammates, whom he said, you know, they may get to the playoffs. Um, but he'll know that he didn't do enough to help them and should have done more. But it, he certainly did a lot tonight. Uh, he just, he cares so much and he's such a conscientious guy. And it's, you know, it's incredible that he's now part of this story. Yeah. You know, he's basically played up the lineup because the other guy I talked about, Alex Jason, was suddenly unavailable. Mm-hmm. And that felt like that felt like Bo leaving the lineup. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with a bro oh, Chase on oh well, what what could possibly go wrong next? <laughs> what are they gonna do in the power play? Yeah. Put Brock Besser out there? <laughs> <laughs> Vasily Pod Colson. So I mean it's great it's great for for Chase on. It's great that he can feel good about himself but he he's he's still not you know a hundred percent he didn't tell me yeah. what his injury was because players don't divulge that anymore but uh, it's clear that he has pushed himself back into the lineup because he wants to be part of this run he wants to as bad as his season has been he really wants to help his teammates try to get this across the finish line so that's why that's why he's playing um, you know I said well does it if you guys make it, does it redeem your season? And he said, no, personally, no. Personally, <laughs> He no. said, it's still a garbage season that I'd love to forget. That mm-hmm. was his, his exact quote. But he did point out, you make the playoffs, and that's that's a great team achievement and something that you can be proud of. And I imagine it would provide a clean slate. Just say, hey, a second season, just now, now all you have to focus on is the next four games. Yeah. I mean, it would give everybody uh, a reset, but it's only for, for someone like Dickinson, who's who's struggled so long this year. Just you know, four or five playoff games mm-hmm. isn't isn't going to change anything. Yeah. But you know, if you get into the playoffs, maybe they win a round. Maybe they win two. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's the part that we're all forgetting in this incredible chase. Well, what are they going to have left? Yeah. And who exactly are they going to play in the first round? 
And Washington, by the way, they went out in the first round. But in seven games, it was it was a heck of a series. Um, but the Canucks would love to find out. They'd love to find out if there's anything left in the tank for hockey in May because that uh, possibility was absolutely uh, preposterous uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where you have to give them so much credit that – for as much as we talk about this team's immaturity at times and a lack of preparation and how they have to be better at starting games and more professionalism and better practice habits, late in the season, a lot of things are coming together that you have to give them a lot of credit for. We spent a lot of time on Pedersen and a lot of top-end guys tonight. He didn't have a prolific game on the scoreboard, but he had a goal, and that was Connor Garland. He's had a few really good games, but tonight may have been one of his best games as a Canuck. Yeah, he he was very involved, and and he has to be because with with Horvat out and and Besser tonight was better than I thought he would be. Yeah, given that you know he typically is a bit of a slow starter when he misses when he misses time, and uh, I think it's fair to suppose that he's not a hundred percent either. And for a guy who relies so much on his shot, having yeah. a elbow or arm or shoulder or whatever it is exactly injury isn't a good thing and yet yet he was very good tonight but uh, i just think garland realizes with with uh horvat and pearson missing from the top six with the sniper alex chase on unavailable you know he ha he has the ability to lift the team offensively and uh, he probably feels a bit of a responsibility to do so he's another guy who's not he's not thrilled with his own season mm-hmm. although it's not certainly not a disaster but he would like to have have had more points and done more and and like a lot of guys on the team since the regime change he's you know there's uncertainty about what his future is even though he has the five-year contract you know he i think he wants to stay here and i think he wants to play for bruce boudreau and patrick alvin and jim rutherford and so he's getting a chance as they all have to show that they they should be here and they should be part of whatever the solution is next year. Who do you start in goal tomorrow, Ian? I would start uh, Thatcher Demko in goal tomorrow. Okay. So are you? But unanimous? I'm not as smart as you. We've already established that. <laughs> so we're I, unanimous here, yeah. but at the same time, it's I, just I, I I really wouldn't have a problem if they go to Halak mm-hmm. because Halak um, has been a lot better. His yeah his last couple like there's there's some more confidence in him again versus where it was back in march um where he had hardly played at all and when he did play it was pretty awful yeah so uh i don't really have a problem if they want to go back that way i think it all depends on the conversation they in between ian clark and thatcher demko on on how he feels it wasn't you know it wasn't a, a particularly onerous night for for demko you know he faced what 30 shots a lot and of those came late, though. Thirty yeah. shots, a lot late. Uh, he wasn't shorthanded a lot. Shorthanded, you know, those yeah. extended periods of time where you're in your stance and constantly, you know, shifting um, positions across your goal mouth. Those are tiring, and so there wasn't much of that. And the one power play uh, Dallas had only lasted what about ten seconds or yeah. or something. So I, if he feels fresh, then then I'm putting him back. In the crease. What did uh, what did Boudreaux said something this morning about Nashville? Yeah. Like well, didn't said, work for them. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a hint at. So what Nashville he would do. played their backup. 
No, Nashville played Soros back-to-back, and he got pulled in second. Oh, Yeah, so okay. uh, that may be what he's hinting at. And people have made this point to our text inbox tonight as well, and it's a good point, and we talked about it, you know, especially a bit earlier on. Ottawa's also playing play tonight. So they're right. coming in on a back-to-back as well. With you, travel. With travel. So either way, you're facing a tired opponent. If you are going to play your goalie on a back-to-back, it would be the night to do it because you're probably not facing a really strong team. But the argument would also hold for Halak. If there's a game you want to start your backup, it may be the one against Ottawa tomorrow to give your starter at least a bit of a rest before this next biggest late game. Well, well there's up. no question that ideally they would want to start their backup. Yeah. like they, You don't want to have to ask Thatcher Demko uh, to play the last uh, well, I'm trying to think when the Arizona game came in but 11 of the last 12 including including what the last uh, 9 in a row yeah and right now they're on a run of what 7 so, games in 11 nights yeah so I mean there's no question ideally if you could if they feel good about it they, w- they will play Halak because that's the smart thing to do. That's the confident thing to do as well. Yeah. Uh, to give give your starter the second night of the back-to-back off because you know that the final five after that, he's in every game Yeah. unless something happens. Well, it might be hard to play him both these back-to-backs in less than two weeks because you're going to definitely need him, L.A. and Edmonton, if you win enough games for those last two games to matter because yeah. there's no way you can go to your backup if no. those two games matter. No, no, uh, it'll be Demko the rest of the way. So, uh, again, theoretically, it's not a debate. Yeah. Like, you, of course, you're going to play your backup because he can win and he won his last time out, and you're going to give your starter the rest he needs because you're going to lean on him heavily for those five games, and you hope that every one of them counts. You hope that every game is like a playoff game because Canucks have to win all of them. But reality is he's been their MVP and even in games where maybe he looks like uh, as uh, what has Boudreaux said uh, ordinary like even in the games he looks ordinary still has an extraordinary save here or there that at the end of the night you look back on and it was the same way again tonight Uh, a couple of saves when they were leading in the second period Mm -hmm. where you look back on at the time it doesn't seem like a lot but then the Canucks score again you think, well, how different would the game have been had had he not stopped X player at a certain time? So if it's me, I, I would probably go with Demko, but I, uh, unfor- I, well, fortunately for the club, I'm not, I'm not involved in the conversation with him, and that's really what it's about. Like, it's how Demko feels and how Ian Clark feels in his discussions with Demko, what he sees on the ice, because, you know, the, these guys are way smarter than even Bick when it comes to picking up things. <laughs> yes. You know, traits about uh, fatigue and what when a player, especially a goalie, which we never, none of us really understand it, uh, other than Kevin Woodley, who you had on to replace me. And I, I'm still amazed that you, I got my job back when I, when I was available from the post-game show. But well, that, that's all. That's because uh, your contract is like a long goal. <laughs> you can't, it's not tradable. He's got to, he's got to eat it. Yeah, well, it's, 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 not tradable for Sportsnet because uh, I don't think they're paying me anything for this. So, Well, there's the other part of it. The but they're lesson. paying me just to be part of the team, and I'm happy to help yeah. any way I can. Ha- happy to help and happy to par- be part of it. And hey, uh, You're uh, like the Luke Shen of this broadcast. Just yeah. 
Well, Stepping in, take that. Stepping in for teammates. Step I'll teammates absolutely defending. take yeah. that. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, Luke Shen, what a night. And you know what? If we had more time, we'd spend a few minutes on Luke Shen, but we are at midnight pretty much as it is, already going over time. We should just go over. Like, we already really, who's going to stop us? Well, I mean, you know, maybe oh, Lena? Lena wants to go home. Oh, it's a back-to-back. We've got to conserve okay. energy for All tomorrow. Right. Well, I'm not messing with yeah. Lena, so let's yeah, wrap let's, it up. We're not messing up. Ian, always a pleasure. Make sure to read his latest on sportsnet.ca. Can't miss, as plus always. Plus my edit. Yes, plus his edit. And if you miss a Dickinson <laughs> one, make sure to read Edited that as well. Edited by Bick Nazar. By I'll Bick Nazar. I should be on the – A credit at the bottom of the Added Add it to the line. Yeah. Uh, Bick Nazar, The People Show, with Randy Janda and Jamie Dodd, Monday to Friday, 1 to 4. Make sure to check them out tomorrow. I'm Satyar Shaw back at it again on the pregame show with Dan Riccio starting at 4 on Canuck Central. Thanks, everybody, listening and participating uh, to the show this evening. We appreciate every single one of you. And special shout-out to Lena here at the Jim Robson Broadcast Gondola and our guy Eddie back at the radio station holding things down. This has been the Canuck Central Postgame Show presented by Kintec Footwear and Orthotics on the home of your Canuck Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network.